0: Exploring the mysteries of life and the cosmos with an overwhelming desire to uncover buried truth, discovering whether or not human beings purposefully manipulated the world or something more spiritual has happened or is happening, researching a wide range of topics such as conspiracies, religion, spirituality, science, health, and history, Apple of Perception delves into the beyond, where nothing is off limits. This is Apple of Perception podcast. If the world is an enigma, then everyone is either telling their own truths and or we're all pathological liars. Because everything is consciousness, choice dictates reality, and the truth is within. Welcome back to Apple of Perception Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Edward Vinay. We're going to get back into the reading of the book, Um, Apple of Perception, Part 2, Chapter 2, Arcanum. At the heart of every religious tradition persists a secret. Throughout history it has been expressly forbidden to reveal to the public. Thus its mysteries have remained a hidden legacy, veiled behind mystical stories, and the world's inheritance of art and literature for all to admire, few to imitate, and for even fewer to understand. There are massive misinterpretations of religious history due to blending of politics with cultural and religious history. Popular religions never fade away, they just change the names and stories a little bit. Like all history, the narrative of of religion is controlled. The fastest growing religious group is that of the non-believers. Though the truth is that throughout known history, only few have ever understood the true essence of spirituality. Spiritual teachers, who are pure with this understanding, always attempt to be missionaries and spread the word through every facet available to them. The guiding of humanity is often represented in artwork as, being, as a being holding a suckling baby. This being can be Isis from ancient Egypt, Yashoda in Hinduism, Semiramis of Babylon, Mary in Christianity, and even Baal, the horned Capricorn devil. The Christian dominated West know little about the rivalry of Baal and Yahweh, except for what is in the Bible, which is very pro-Yahweh. This is because the Christian church has burned more history than every other history combined. For years the Roman Catholic Church threatened, torture, and killed any who challenged their biblical truth. It has purposefully replaced Baal worship, and is essentially the same. Their claim is based on history, expurgated and morphed, and their new version distributed. Baal-like gods dominated religious life in much of the Mediterranean for thousands of years. He is a remake of a far more ancient god. The Babylonian god Bel, who killed the dragons, is a myth like Hercules killing the Hydra, or Thor slaying the world serpent Jormungandr. These tales have passed down through many to the Christian myth of St. George killing the last dragon. Baal was the first choice of the Roman emperors to be the one and true God of the empire 150 years before Yahweh and Christ gained that status in 305 AD. There were more than three alternatives the Romans considered before settling on Yahweh and Jesus. There was no Christianity until Emperor Constantine. The beliefs of the Gnostic Essenes, in order the man known as Jesus belonged to, were laced into the Bible with myth and allegory. The truth has been buried through many misinterpreted works based upon one another. The term Baal belonged to Canaanites and Phoenician cultures. The Bible says these people were wiped out by the Israelites, but there is no historic evidence of such a battle, and groups of Canaanites still exist today. Their beliefs and cultures were simply adapted and morphed. The Canaanites themselves had a culture that was adapted from ancient Sumerian. They themselves were Dravidian, a culture from ancient Sumer which had migrated many places. One of which was India, where the Dravidian culture also influenced Hinduism. It's possible the Canaanites and Phoenician peoples were at odds with the Christian goth type peoples of the northeastern Asia as it is the time when christianity was accepted in the roman empire around the fourth century it was about the same time the visigoths the western goths had invaded that culture the roman gods as well as Baal worship was replaced with the gothic worship of their lord the king of kings the etymology of the word Baal is lord christians still use this word today when they say Lord God and Lord Jesus. The concept of Baal is that of a divine ruler. Christians still acknowledge their popes to be such. Freemasonry also delegates a similar title to their worshipfuls. The divine ruler is often confused to be the divinely appointed ruler. However, these two things are not synonymous, but the concepts often overlap. There will be more on the concept of god-kings in later chapters. As for the division of mankind's mindset towards these concepts, it could be traced back through all of history. Upper and Lower Egypt, as well as Atlantis and Lemuria, had agreed, argued that is, over the teaching of spiritual wisdom to the people. Well, one side thought all things should be revealed. The other knew it to be impossible to teach, and must be accepted by the individual. So it was decided that wisdom was to be eluded through myth, symbolism, allegory, etc. This is also known as the prime directive. This veil is a necessary evil, and it compasses more than we can fathom. The myths offered by religions are an invitation to truth and mystical initiation and is a way of life to those who are asleep, and a place for missionary work for those who are awake. There is a vast amount of evidence that suggests the existence of Atlantis and Lemuria, and their motherland, Mu. They existed before the Great Deluge, the Last Ice Age, and Biblical Flood. This event may have happened a lot more recent than we imagine. There are records of the earth having been mostly destroyed by earth, air, fire, and water multiple times within the past few thousand years, the last of which occurred in what we know as the early 1800s, where many historic places were buried in mud, forgotten, burned, and sank. Sometime before this, Atlantis was at a place that is now West Africa centered in the Raikat structure in Mauritania also known as the Eye of the Sahara. This ringed city was once located among islands when the Sahara Desert was mostly a sea. Evidence shows of volcanic activity under the Raikat structure which caused it to rise and fall numerous times. Lemuria was a greater continent in the south of India which included modern-day Sri Lanka. Adams Bridge, a now mostly underwater passage from the southern tip of India to Sri Lanka, was made during its time, and it remains the largest man-made structure known to date. This may be the original divide amongst peoples. Atlantis was full of the Rh-negative bloodline of Bosque, Berber, Caucasian, Slavic, Semitic, Aryan, Negroids, Bantu, Koishan, etc. While Lemuria contained Dravidian, Australoid, Aboriginal, Micronesian, Melanesian, Mongoloid, Tibetan, Maori, Eskimo, etc. An original cataclysmic divide caused the fully mixed peoples of Mu to become the separate nations of Atlantis and Lemuria and have become further divided ever since. It is only within the last couple hundred years the nations of the world are becoming merged once again. Most confusion over how to date things in history comes from the misinterpretation of sedimentary layers and the errors of carbon dating. This is because our mainstream sciences are unaware of the paradigm shift that occurs during a cataclysmic event. Buildings are blasted with wind crumble and burn. Mountains erode into landslides. Caves bubble and compress and form their crystals and quickly dry and harden their stalagmites and stalactites. Seafloors rise and fall and replace the locations of entire seas and rivers. Bones covered in landslides quickly fossilize in a matter of hours. The chemical structure of matter is altered during this brief event to perform actions that what we assume should take thousands or millions of years in a matter of minutes or days. This spiritual reset event is physically reflected in the actions of a solar blast removing the protective electromagnetic shield of the earth and fully exposing the matter on the surface of our plane to a rapid breakdown. This event is quickly over in a matter of days and the earth settles in a matter of months. the electromagnetic shield returns. Davy Crockett is the last to take responsibility for returning the Earth to its proper spin. Whether he was involved with it or not, much history is often lost when we can't interpret the significant truths of tall tales and dismiss them as impossibilities. However, Harold Aspen's research on this period of reversal is due to our solar systems progressing through the galaxy and entering into areas of different etheric densities he called space domains, and the brief period of the magnetic reversal is a natural occurrence. Mainstream acceptance of anti antediluvian civilizations remains an enigmatic topic. It can only be assumed this is because their ruins relay too much knowledge that baffles archaeologists and of course the error of relying on carbon dating. Other than rapid breakdown during magnetic reversal, most of this is because of the elimination of Grand Tartary from history books and the removal of the Holy Empire, and the truth of the technologically advanced Mughals, the 12 tribes of Israel, and the Golden Horde. It all suggests an alternate timeline than what we are fed through indoctrination, a timeline that is much shorter than most like to accept fact remains that most of our known history today was rewritten in the early 1800s by the survivors of the last minor cataclysm, which itself was hardly recorded. The spiritual purpose of these cataclysmic events can only be speculated upon by those of us who still remain on earth. It is possible civilization grew spiritually and most descended out of this nursery program. This opens up an entire subject of breakaway civilizations and is a topic that will not be addressed much in this work. The realms that are currently spiritually above the Earth are masked by the conscious veil of the Prime Directive. Unaware of the enigmatic divine decision of the Prime Directive, researchers finding identical concepts existing all around the world are forced to make the decision of identifying their find as a hoax or as a world-breaking find. Accepting the proof debunks the accepted progression of modern history, and tarnishes the reputation of archaeologists among their peers. No one wants their life's work to be proven wrong. To reveal the full truth of antediluvian civilizations is to reveal the spiritual wisdoms they taught. The history of the falling away from teaching spiritual knowledge and the existence of the prime directive. To understand their part in history, an archaeologist must first be spiritually wise themselves, and that is something that is hard to do a few generations after a cataclysmic reset. It is better for most of the population that paradigm-shattering finds are lost forever in places like the Vatican and the Smithsonian. When we are spiritually prepared to accept these things, the knowledge will come. Much confusion is wrought upon the uninitiated of spiritual truths when it comes to history. Figures stand for identical concepts to one another, yet we see them as entirely different things. So too do we see different things to be the same. This confusion is brought on by ignorance of the past. This ignorance is not something easily overcome. It is the biggest challenge any one of us ever face in our lives it is the temptation for truth to come from worldly things, in which it does not. This concept is the enormity of the world serpent, known in Norse mythology as Jormungandr, and the serpent presenting the apple in Genesis, the apple of perception. The Ouroboros, the serpent in the Garden of Eden, the winged serpent of Quetzalcoatl from Aztec tradition, the serpents on the r- rod of the Greek god Hermes, serpents of the Hindu tradition, the circle surrounding the hydra of Mu, the circle of iron of the first mystical martial arts adventure, etc. All of these mean the same thing. It can be called in our modern times the presentation of the physical world formed by the division, dispersion, and reflection of Of a mere portion of primal, etheric energy. To figure that out, you must decipher the teachings of all religion. A quote by Samuel on War, All religions are precious jewels on the golden string of divinity." The word religion comes from the Latin word for union, as does the word yoga Come from the sanskrit word for union there is truly one science one path but appears with many names and faces this is how it must ever be adapted to conform to the way mankind views the world around them places people symbols faces names histories all must eventually burn away but the concepts still remain it is those concepts which are nearly impossible to teach unless you transmogrify spiritual truth to fit the culture in which you are presenting it to. The reality of things is, it doesn't matter what truly happened in the past. What matters is the individual's spiritual growth. How we interpret the meaning of what life presents us is a subjective endeavor. Many cultures and traditions recognize the earth to be a type of nursery for the soul, the beginning point or stepping stone upon a much grander spiritual. The true history of what happened in the physical world may really be an amalgam of all proposed theories, since the physical world is ultimately created by our conscious choices. The past, as well as the future, could exist in a multitude of optional paths that we hone in on based on our specific individual need. On the Bible, a quote from Zohar, The narratives of the doctrine are its cloak. The simple look only at the garment, that is, upon the narrative of the doctrine. More they know not. The instructed, however, see not merely the cloak, but what the cloak covers. The Bible has been taken literally, and its hidden meanings rejected almost entirely by modern Christianity. Modern Christianity takes the Bible literally, and has inherited only the cloak of these inherent spiritual truths. For example, the first words of the Bible are, In wisdom Elohim creates, not in the beginning God created. This first mistranslation, or hidden truth, hides a plural form of primal powers, both male and female, as the etymology of the word Elohim suggests. In Hebrew literature, the word refers mostly to angels. Jehovah Elohim is one of these angels which brought life to man. This act of bringing life to a clay-like structure can be likened to the guiding of materialistic humanity toward divinity. Instead of being a reference of bringing physical life to dirt, the passage of creation in the Bible may be talking about igniting the divine spark within mankind. This is a very ball-like tradition of nurturing mankind, though the original work meant something else. It was determined to be misleading and changed on purpose to display a narrative that falls in line with true mystical initiation, at least for the people that existed at the time of this translation. This is because the truth of what happened in the physical past is not always what is necessary for spiritual growth today. Another example of rejected spiritual truths is the Seven Churches of Asia in the Book of Revelation. Modern-day Gnosticism acknowledges these seven churches to be an allegory for the seven chakras of spiritual energy within man. Chaldean Mystery School's esoteric tradition contains seven dimensions, or heavens, expressed in the Kabbalah. Eden is known as the fourth dimension, the foundation. Happy in innocence, man needed to grow spiritually, so human hermaphrodites were separated into male and female. This is a metaphor for the division and dispersion of primal etheric energy. Trees of life and knowledge are symbolic, grown from the garden or the foundation. To climb it is to ascend in wisdom. It gives forth fruit, life, sustenance, and wisdom. It gives life to all things. Jehovah commanded man not to eat of this tree, because eating the fruit of the tree is an allegory for accepting said fruit to be a finite display of all there is. Jehovah wanted man to remain wise of the existence of the unseen primal etheric energy that resides within. Instead, mankind ate the apple and fell from spiritual grace. In the book, there is a picture of the Sephirothic systems, the Tree of Life. Doth is the hidden sphere in the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. It is gnosis. It is hidden and never spoken of. It has a reference to the merging of the sexes. It suggests there is a higher wisdom in the combining of the sexes. This has to do with the merging of polarized concepts and taking a higher perspective. Entwined serpents that represent the masculine and feminine are representatives of this. The double dragon, two-headed eagle or garudas, and even the DNA are representatives of the same, as spiritual truths reflect not just in the purposefully created parts of reality, but within the subliminally created portions of reality as well. Another way of looking at the eating of the fruit is in the remerging of the masculine and feminine, after its original divide. This puts the role of the serpent in the garden to be on parallel with that of Prometheus, who brought fire to mankind. In this light, eating of the fruit allowed Adam and Eve to open their eyes and be like gods, knowing the difference and purpose between good and bad. This also enabled them to procreate. We take the term procreate as to mean having children, but the truth of it means to willfully manipulate the creation, like magic. Most will have you believe that doth, or the eating of the fruit in the garden, has to do with sexual intercourse. It may be that the entire tree has to do with the concept of growing up from ignorance of a child through a polarized adulthood of hardships and sexual intercourse with a mate, which does suggest the ability to create. We think this way because this is the only creation technique that we know of in our fallen state. We lack the wisdom to realize that all that we do affects the world around us. So the sexual connotation of the Kabbalistic tree of life is how one can view it upon study whom is not spiritually awakened yet themselves. At the point one comes to rise above polarized concepts, to accept both good and bad, one then realizes that all their thoughts and deeds indeed do cause creation on Earth. It is the understanding of this dispersal of all energy, which is often thought, of as chaos. It is likened to the chaos theory or butterfly effect. The tale of eating the forbidden fruit is likened to the desire of man to survive on his own, without a ruler to show him the way. Through man's desire to go out of the garden and live on his own, man discovered how difficult it is to survive. Man was abandoned by Jehovah because of man's desire. It is a mutual occurrence, a symbolic fall from grace upon initiating the veil of consciousness that comes with physical birth on earth. This veil is the original sin. It is the acceptance of taking the three-dimensional world to be all that exists and it to be a source of truth. The Genesis story reflects the desire for the soul to incarnate on earth in a human body and to seek out earthly things. The seven deadly sins of lust, pride, anger, hate, greed, envy, sloth, become known to any who have to work for the things they desire. The promises that things within the physical world offer are a deception of the serpent. They are legion, they are dualistic, they are manifestations in the physical world, yet They are also teachers. Ignorance is bliss. Then you fall into further ignorance and hardships through desire of material things. If you desire manifestations within the creation, on earth, you must suffer to obtain them. All things in the creation are deleterious to the spirit when they are desired more so than spirit itself. If we desire not to suffer, then we should focus on spiritual growth. Spirit should be our goal. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that God speaks. Christ said, the soul is born again through water and spirit. Everything is not born of sexual intercourse, but through true procreation. Like when God said, when two or more gather in my name, there I am, he meant his spirit. Practitioners of magic know that their power increases when more people perform a spell together. This is the power of prayer. Christ wasn't talking about sexual intercourse to the woman at the well when he mentioned life-giving waters, as many in the cult will believe. He was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. He was talking about sharing intention and her not being alone in her endeavors. Flesh is flesh, spirit is spirit. Spirit can inhabit the flesh, but flesh cannot give birth to the spirit. Quote from Matthew five twenty through forty eight Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. End quote. Christ spoke often of his heavenly father. Sometimes he also told others that they had a heavenly father as well. He was talking about the progenitor of all things, the one true, unseen, and unknown God of Essene and Gnostic tradition. These allegories were literal in their spiritual interpretation, not their physical interpretation, which begs the question of them being allegories at all. For example, God set to the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim angels who guard it with a flaming sword. The entrance to the east and to the Tree of Life is only permitted to those that have conquered the serpent. The temptation of the serpent is through the material world. The light of all that we see, touch, hear, and feel is Lucifer, the light-bringer who makes manifest of the entire physical world. He is a trickster and a teacher. The lesson Lucifer ultimately provides is to stop worshipping anything in the material world as the source for all creation, and to look within. We easily fail this test and suffer if we don't realize that Lucifer holds up a mirror to your inner soul. The Tree of Life and the Heavenly Father is within man. When the reality of all things is spiritual and not physical, We see that these tales are not metaphors, or allegories, but literal, be they only with personification of concepts, which is just the error of mistranslation. The names of angels in Hebrew end in EL, and were meant to describe particular powers or concepts in the first place, akin to particular frequencies and divisions of primal etheric energy, and were probably not meant to be personified at all. Another biblical story looked at in this light is the death of the Israelites in the desert. This was a reference of spiritual death. The deadly serpents set upon them were the result of identification and desire. This is a story synonymous with Jehovah's creation story in the beginning of the Bible. Moses, taking the role of Jehovah, prayed for the people and gave them the bronze serpent. This occurrence may have an alchemical Explanation, which physically cured people from literal poisons, from literal snake bites. More likely, the bronze serpent was a representation of the Tree of Life, an instruction to grow in spirit through wisdom. Moses presented the people with the commandments, a guide of how to live morally. This moral practice brought about atonement in their souls, and thus fixed the world around them. Harmony is realized through atonement of the forces within man, good moral behavior, a higher mindset above dualistic concepts, and the lack of temptation of desire for worldly things. When one acknowledges and respects God, or this omnipotent primal etheric energy, they are gifted spiritual things. This is how one raises their vibration, grows in spirit, and ascends the tree of life. That is the key to ascending the ladder of wisdom towards the world-bending power of heaven within. That concludes our reading session for today. Next time we will be reading Part Two's Chapter 3, Gnosis. Remember, you can support this program by purchasing a copy of Apple Perception by J.E. Vinay. That's V-E-N-N-E. It is available on Kindle and paperback through Amazon. Until next time, I am Joseph Edward Vinay. Take it easy and be excellent to each other.